Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Patriots Report. I'm Christopher Price, the Boston Globe. This week, we're happy to be joined by former Patriots cornerback Darius Butler. Darius was a second-round pick of the Patriots in the 2009 draft out of Connecticut and played two seasons with New England before going on to suit up with Carolina in Indianapolis. He played a total of nine seasons in the National Football League. Now he's an analyst and a great follow on Twitter at Darius J. Butler. That's D-A-R-I-U-S-J-B-U-T-L-E-R. Darius, thank you very much for joining me. I'm going to get right into it here. I'm going to ask you the first question that we ask everyone who comes on this show, what do you think of the performance so far of rookie quarterback Mac Jones? Oh, man, um, I know it's, it's no uh, moral victories. Well, thank you, first and foremost, for having me, Chris. But uh, it's no more victories in, in, uh, in pro sports. But um, if I'm a Patriots fan, I feel, I feel very good about the selection we made at, at Mac Jones and then the, the decision to um, you know, go forward with it because it was a lot of hoopla. Uh, a lot of coverage, you know, from the outside, a lot of outside noise around this game, obviously with Brady and Belichick and probably one of the most watched uh, regular season games ever. And uh, Mac Jones, I feel like he performed uh, very well, you know, especially with the weather, the circumstances, uh, the pass rush. Todd Bowles obviously tried to get after him all, all night. The weather, uh, you know, everything. And he 19 completions in a row. That's impressive. Uh, for any quarterback, especially um, a rookie one. So uh, I'm actually excited about him. You know, I'm excited about him. I found out a lot about him mentally um, and physically last game. So uh, if I'm a Patriots fan, I feel I feel very good about uh, the quarterback. Were you surprised at what happened on Sunday night that they were able to keep it so close? I think one of the keys with a rookie quarterback is obviously to keep the game manageable, to be able to give your team a chance to, to come through in the end. Were you taken aback at all by the fact that they were able to go toe-to-toe really for three plus quarters with the defending Super Bowl champions. I was actually one of the very few that had the uh, the Patriots not only keeping it close, but I actually had them winning this game. Uh, I actually, actually, um, funny story, a couple of days before that, I was in Connecticut um, to help FanDuel launch their sports book in the Mohegan Sun. And uh, the, fir- the second bet placed in Connecticut history was me betting the Patriots to win money line. Uh, and, and the reason I did that is because uh, Belichick, you know, Belichick has been around Brady, um, you know, for 20 years. And somewhere in the back of his mind, I'm sure he's been game planning somewhat against him. He knows, you know, he's been in some of his best games, some of his worst games. He knows what bothers him. Um, he mixed it up. He had kind of Brady, you know, off, off kilter a little bit. The weather was obviously a factor as well. But I think they did a great job executing their game plan on defense, which I, I, I thought that they would. My only concern going into the game, would uh, Mac Jones be able to keep up with whatever pace that Tom Brady set on his offense? Um, Patriots had some issues uh, taking care of the ball. Uh, and then that huge uh, game-changing play, I think, uh, when Slater – you know, went down and d- does what he's been doing, what seems like for 30 years, making a huge play on special teams. He gets the flag, you know, for, uh, you know, running out of bounds too long. So um, I actually wasn't surprised by the game being close at all. Uh, but the difference in that game was actually um, Brady and what he does. I know he didn't go down and score at the end of the game, but what he does that kind of goes unnoticed a lot is a lot of times he they deferred, the Bucks deferred, and before the half, they typically get that last drive. And Brady is death taxes and Brady getting points at the end of half. And he set up that field goal um, right at the end of half, and that ended up being the difference in the game. 
One of the things that that I, I saw, I noticed on your Twitter feed, I do follow you. One of the things that jumped out to me was that you were really impressed by the work of Jonathan Jones uh, on Sunday night. You were impressed by the Patriots as a whole, from I, I think from start to finish. But one of the things that jumped out to me was, was what you said about Jonathan Jones. I, explain a little bit about how you reacted, maybe as a, as, a, as a cornerback and as a guy who played cornerback in the league. Tell me why you were so impressed by his performance against Tampa. I mean, what, uh, you know, what Belichick does a lot of times, uh, which is kind of different than a lot of other teams, is uh, he'll, he'll just give guys matchups. And Jay Jones' matchup, for the most part, was uh, Antonio Brown. And, and when it got to, you know, when it, when it was the big-time moments, you know, Jones was uh, clearly dealing. Uh, what I said was, he, you know, he, it was a gutsy performance by Jones because he was clearly dealing with some injuries, mm-hmm. discomfort, um, even to the point where he had to come out for a, a snap. And they went right at Bethel on a crucial um, third down conversion. And then, you know, he was right back in there. And you knew, you know, Brady, the good quarterbacks, the great ones, the great play callers, they see that. They know when someone's hurting, when someone's ailing, they know when they have an advantage of a matchup. And um, they went back at him. Uh, the, the back of the end zone, the dime that uh, Brady dropped that Antonio Brown couldn't secure, it was still good coverage. And, uh, you know, he, he made him, forced him to throw a perfect ball and uh, kind of forced Antonio Brown to make uh, a, an amazing catch, which he didn't do. So uh, Jay Jones, man, just just him being able to, to gut that thing out and uh, get through the 60 minutes of a ball game. That was, uh, I, I was impressed by that. I know we're only four games in, and it might be premature. I don't like to make these broad, definitive, you know, kind of what we call broad brush statements, but is Matthew Judon the best free agent pickup in the league, <laughs> maybe to this point in the season? Um, You know, that's, that's a big statement. That's a big statement. Uh, but he he had his, his, his thumbprint, his fingerprints all over that game. Um, he was he was a game wrecker. You know, he was a game wrecker. He was creating a lot of havoc. And up to this point, you know, without off the top of my mind, and obviously that game is so fresh, you mm-hmm. know, it's easy to say uh, to make that statement. Um, but uh, he, what I would say is he changed that game and, and he'll continue to change games, I think, going forward. And uh, it's, it's, it's been a while. I would probably say Chandler Jones, um, you know, where he's a kind of a, a guy that change, that's going to have to change the math up front. And what I mean by changing the math is you, you're going to have to, hey, we got to chip this guy. We got to slide. We got to do something to identify where number nine is or he could wreck this game for us. How does the expected return, and I'll put up my quote fingers here when I say that, the expected return of Stefan Gilmore after week six change that defense as a whole? Because if you get Gilmore back to where you think he is, I mean, if, if he's right physically, if he's right mentally, mm-hmm. if, he's, you know, if he's there, and you pair him with a guy in the front seven like Judon, that's a pretty dynamic combination, I would think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, pass rush, that's, that's a, a defensive back's uh, best friend. And, um, you know, with J.C. Jackson, I mean, J.C. Jackson is the number one corner mm-hmm. on almost every team in the NFL. And, um, even, and even when, when Gilmore comes back, you know, Gilmore's missed some time, and, and J.C. Jackson stepped into that role uh, seamlessly. He, he went toe-to-toe with, with Mike Evans, you know, one of the best receivers in this league for some years now, and he held his own. So um, they'll, they'll have two, you know, number one lockdown-type corners, and we talked about Jones. You know, you got uh, other guys who can play back there as well. So that will pay huge dividends, I think, uh, for this whole Patriots, um, not only the secondary, but that defense as a whole, and even the team. You know, that helps the team. You know, you can limit points. Um, when you can create turnovers, get off the field on third downs, that gives that offense, you know, maybe one, maybe two more opportunities per game to put some points up. After the first four games, is this Patriots team as a whole better, worse, or about where you thought they would be? Um, Worse, honestly. You know, I, I can't say I, I expected, especially after the money that they spent 
and then the decision to go forward with Mac Jones. Obviously, they saw you know what they saw in training camp in the preseason to make that decision. So I, I in a million years, I wouldn't expect uh, the, the Patriots to be one and three um, after the first quarter of the season. So I would definitely have to say worse. Um, you know, the Saints' performance uh, surprised me. You know, it was a dominant performance by the Saints' defense. I think. Um, and, and you know, I, I just, I, I just can't see. I couldn't see them losing oh, three games at home or three games in a row like that. No, unfathomable to me. So I would definitely say worse. You, we we heard a lot about Tom Brady coming back to Foxborough this past week, and we kind of went over some of the fun stuff. But as a teammate, do you have a favorite Tom Brady story? Do you, do you have a, a memory that still sticks out for you? You know, good, bad practice games, whatever the case may be. Oh man, it, it's man, it's a lot of Brady stories. Um, one, I mean, one of them, I guess, would be my first training camp. I, I remember the first time I actually picked him off in a practice, and you know, he was talking trash, like basically saying that never happened again. I basically threw you one. I let you have one, and um, it was funny. The next day in the Sun Sentinel, our local paper at home, it was like a whole write up. <laughs> a whole almost a full page write up about how I intercepted Tom Brady, you know, in practice. But uh, you know, you'll hear a lot of guys say it. You know, he was I was only there for two years with him, but he was, you know, he was one of the guys, you know, and when you were on the field as a defense, he was rooting you on or yelling at you. He would talk trash in practice. Um, always one of the guys in the locker room. So just being a great teammate is uh, you know, those are the memories, you know, playing with 12. I have a philosophy here, and, and I'm glad to be able to speak with you as a as a defensive back, as a guy who's played multiple positions in in, mm-hmm. in the secondary. I have a philosophy that Devin McCourty might end up as one of Bill Belichick's favorite players of all time. You played a year with him. What makes McCourty? Because people look at him and say, "Well, you know, he came from Rutgers." He, he there wasn't a whole <laughs> lot of hoopla, wasn't a whole lot of fanfare uh, around yeah. him and his first round pick and what makes him different? He's been able to put together a really impressive career here, but but as a teammate, as a guy who watched him operate every single day in practice, who who lined up next to him, you know, in, in games, what makes Devin McCourty different? What makes him special? I mean, he's one of those guys that he, he epitomizes the Patriot way. And uh, it's always a debate, you know, is, is, was it Tom? Was it Bill? And I just feel like so many guys are left out of that conversation. Um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a combination of a lot of guys. And Devin McCourty would be, you know, definitely one of those pillars. You know, obviously, you know, you have the old guard, uh, Brewski, Ty Law, Vince Wilfork, Seymour, McGinnis, those guys. And, and you know, it's obviously many more. And then uh, McCourty will be part of the new guard, you know, McCourty, Chung, Edelman, Slater, um, those group of Gronk, those group of guys. And uh, he's he's just steady. And, and whatever comes down from the top, he's going to make sure that same message is delivered um, to the locker room. He's going to make sure the standard is upheld in the locker room. He's going to make sure all his guys are prepared around him. If you watch the Patriots play, if you watch that defense and that secondary communicate, um, 32 is in the middle of that a lot of the times. And um, I remember, like you said, when he was drafted, I remember, um, you know, the lack of fanfare around the pick. I think he was, you know, the last or maybe second to last pick and people mm-hmm. thought he would come in and play special teams. I was slated as a starter going into my second year, um, been a second round pick and having a good rookie season. We had Lee Bodden, who was the other starter. And uh, people draft like, why are you drafting this guy first round to play special teams? And I think Lee ended up getting hurt. Me and Devin started off the season starting and he had a Pro Bowl year. Mm-hmm. You know, I think seven interceptions his rookie year and um, even changing his positions, he just continued to get better and be that, uh, that constant pro and that pillar not only on the field but off the field so I think that's what makes him different and I think you know when it's all said and done when he finally does hang him up 
um, he'll go down as one of the greatest Patriots of all time. Let me know specifically what are some of the what are some of the things that we might not necessarily see from the outside when you're talking about switching from corner to safety. It's not just you know a, a position switch. There's a lot more yeah. that goes into it. I mean, yeah, Devin, it's, Devin it's, ended up making it too. I, sh I should make that clear. You know, going from corner, going from yeah, going from corner to safety here in New England. Yeah, and and it's it's tough. It's obviously it's a completely different position. Uh, corners. If you're a good corner, you should know where the safeties are. Uh, you don't necessarily have to, but you should know what the safeties are and how the safeties are being coached. And if you're a good safety, you kind of have to know what the corners are doing, what the linebackers are doing. And if you're a great one, you got to know even the front. And uh, that's who Devin was, even as a cornerback, even as a young cornerback. You know, he had, you could tell coming in, he had good coaching in college, even though I hate to say that since he went to Rutgers. <laughs> but you could tell I went to UConn, so we we're Big East rivals. So I saw him a lot. But you could tell he was, he was he had good coaching in college, um, and he came in and he and he picked up. He was a sponge from day one, so he was able to make that switch. And usually, the guys that make that switch successfully are smart players. You know, they're, they're players that can uh, not only learn and retain the information, they can also communicate it to the other guys around them. And that's what that's what made his uh, position switch so seamless. Um, his communication ability, um, knowing not only where to be for himself, but how to get others lined up. And that's the biggest change because as a corner, I mean, it's, it's simple as far as a playbook and your responsibility. You're either in some type of man, a fire zone, a third, a quarter. Uh, you could be in a flat. And then as a safety, you know, it's so many different things. You got to know these blitzes and you got to know the, the run gaps. And you got to know all these different things, these different packages. You got to communicate. So that's the biggest difference, just being, uh, I guess, more responsible for the guys around you. And then obviously playing it, you know, it's a more physical position. You have to tackle more. Sometimes you're in the box. Um being able to read quarterbacks and, and having different angles on a lot of times as a cornerback, you're playing the ball kind of going away from the line of scrimmage or, you know, laterally as a safety. Sometimes you got depth. You may be going sideways. You may be coming back towards the line of scrimmage. And I know for me, going from a corner and nickel into a free safety, that was one of the biggest adjustments for me is being able to track the ball as a free safety. And ideally, you want to have depth and be coming back towards the line of scrimmage to attack that ball. And that's different. Those are completely different angles. And it's tough to do. But uh, Devin has done a tremendous job. Um, you know, for his entire career now, I'm um, doing that. Going to switch gears here a little bit, and I want to get your thoughts around the league. What's been the biggest surprise for you after four weeks? Is it the success of a team like the Cardinals? Is it you know teams that are starting out zero and three or you know zero and four, one and three? What really jumps off the page to you when you look at this league after four weeks? Uh like the Cardinals. You you hit it right on the head. The Cardinals for me. Um, you know. I expect it. And, and, you know, we get so impatient with these quarterbacks, especially the high picks and Kyler Murray being the number one pick. There were a lot of expectations for him. Um, and a lot of people thought, myself included, that he would make kind of that jump last year. And this this year, he I mean, he's made that jump and more like what he's doing from the pocket, what he's doing outside of the pocket. Um, it's just when you watch him, it's like almost at, you expect a positive play every time. They're short, intermediate, deep pass or he scrambles, slides or runs out of bounds. Does he get hit? Um, he's just up, such a weapon. And then that defense, that defense with Vance Joseph, with Vance Joseph, the job that he's done with that defense so far. Um, they get after guys. They've been bullying guys. They've been turning the ball over. Um, so that would be my biggest uh, surprise. And then right behind that would be 
the Cowboys and what they, and how that looked, how how impressive he looks. You saw him open up the season um, as an underdog going up against Tom Brady and defending champs, and they went toe-to-toe and make it at a two-point game. I think he probably threw the ball 50 times. There was a bunch of questions about his shoulder, his ankle, and he's looked the best that he's – you know, ever looked balance on that offense with the the backfield and all the weapons on the outside. And then on the defense, Dan Quinn coming in year one, and we saw how how terrible it looked last year mm-hmm. uh, with Nolan in there. And now they have completely flipped the switch. They're down their best pass rusher, uh, Demarcus Lawrence, and they, they're just picking up the pace every week. They're turning the ball over. I think they lead the league. I know going into last week, they led the league in turnovers, uh, but they got a lot of young talent. They fly to the ball. They're playing physical. Um, so that defense playing how they're playing, the Cowboys being 3-1, and one, it's always so much talk about the Cowboys year in and year out, whether they're good or not. So it's good that they're actually a good ball club this year. Um, so those are, uh, will be probably my two um, biggest surprises so far. Is Kyler Murray your MVP at this point? Right now, yeah. Right now, Kyler Murray, definitely, he, he's right there front and center of that MVP conversation. Derek Carr was up there. You know, he had a, a um, you know, tough loss last night. And I'm a big, big fan of Justin Herbert. He, mm-hmm. he's, he's, you know, my favorite um, young quarterback in the league right now. So big fan of him and his game. And uh, another surprise would be the Chiefs and, and kind of their struggle coming out of the gate. I think mm-hmm. obviously everybody would have slated them, you know, top dogs in the AFC West. And uh, the Cardinals probably I would have had them three or four in the NFC West. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's NFL. That's football, baby. Darius, thank you so much for taking the time to join us, man. Once again, you guys can follow Darius on Twitter at Darius J. Butler. That's Darius J. Butler. Darius, tell us a little bit about what else you have going on these days. Anything you want to plug? Okay, well, I'm pretty I'm pretty active on Twitter. I know everything, every other social media was down yesterday, so uh, we probably got a couple new followers, but I'm pretty active on Twitter, uh, especially, you know, kind of a live tweeter doing some of these primetime games. Um, I really enjoy that. I, I throw up a lot of breakdowns mm-hmm. on defenses and defensive backs. Um, on my uh, my normal page and my Everything DB, which is on Twitter and YouTube. And then I have the Man to Man Pod, which I co-host uh, with Antoine Bethea, a uh, 14-year NFL veteran, uh, Super Bowl champion, uh, former Colt. Um, so we, we do that. We go live every Monday and Thursday um, at, what time do we go? 11, 11 a.m. Eastern time. So I'm um, doing that and you know just enjoying this whole media thing. I never thought in a million years that I would be on this side of things, but, you know, I'm enjoying it. And I feel like, you know, all of my content is pretty, you know, authentic and kind of, you know, pulls, pulls back, you know, the curtain a little bit into what goes on and into some of these game plan and some of these plays. Next stop in the media process for you is, is getting you a credential at Gillette Stadium and having you walk into the locker room, <laughs> see, seeing it from our side, seeing it, seeing, seeing, seeing Yeah, I got, I got to ask like, Bill, uh, I got to ask Bill a couple questions that are pressure. That's on my bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> Darius, again, man, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Thanks so much, and hopefully we'll talk again soon. Thank you. I appreciate you for having me. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.